right, um, what'd you have for breakfast today? Oatmeal. 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 Yeah, do some oatmeal. Are you trying? Are you? Are you tr- usually trying to eat healthy? Do you really? Yeah. You're an oatmeal eater. I tried to. I tried to. Well, for a long time, I didn't eat breakfast. Yeah. Like it was just a bad habit. No. Yeah. And you know, I just get up and get out of bed and go. But it, like, I think it was like two years ago. I just started to be like, it was easy. I could just like run a little Keurig and get some hot water. Yeah. And then just make my little oatmeal. You're, 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 you're team Keurig. My wife is. Ooh, oh, yeah, that, that makes it really. I, 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 that makes it really I don't difficult. I drink coffee. So no, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you, know. you know, you can do tea and Keurigs, too. Yeah, that's what I do. Or I don't do the, I just do the hot water. Oh, okay. I just, just do the, the hot, hot water. water and put my little green tea bag in. <laughs> you drink green tea? Drink I'm learning all kinds of stuff about I drink, you right now. I drink my. Now, green tea is good. I have my glass of green tea in the morning and eat my oatmeal and peruse the news. Peruse the news. All right. I try, to, I, try to, I try to create a. No, that's good. That's good. I installed a bunch of apps on my phone that, you have, that have news. I had a bagel with cream cheese. Bagel? Bagel. What kind of bagel? It was a sesame seed bagel. It wasn't a Cynthia Nixon. I feel like we should just Cynthia recording. Nixon. Did you hear what she had on her bagel? No. She ate a bagel with like a cinnamon raisin bagel. This is like all outrage. <laughs> she ate a cinnamon raisin bagel. Oh, God. With like uh, locks and capers. <laughs> like... People what in New York is like that is weird. People in New York are like, uh-uh. No, nah, and I agree, and I agree with them. I agree with them. There's so many things wrong with like, that bagel. bagel like that. There's so many things wrong with that bagel. I think our levels are good. Good afternoon and happy November, Two Dope Nation. How y'all doing? We're I, we hope you're doing happy good. November. Happy November. <laughs> we're like, if, we're the last time, but this is now honestly, but. <laughs> I thought about that as I said it, and then I realized that I don't know if I can go back and change this. November, November went by fast. We didn't record in November, I, so this is so fast. This is our first November episode. There we go. Um, so that's uh, pretty interesting. There, um, yo, we out here. We out here. We out here. D- despite um, you know reports of my death, which I was. <laughs> you made it through. You lived. So far, so far, I'm still coughing like a tuberculosis patient from the industrial people, period. People but move away from me. <laughs> People do. Well, what's funny is they weren't moving away from me when I was contagious. <laughs> but now, but now that I'm not contagious, now they're like, dude, dude, uh, can, can, maybe we should like move away. We go over here. You know, hopefully you've um, ascertained as much at this point. But you are listening to Two Dope Teachers and a mic. Yes. The mic is dusty because it's been so long. Dusty. It's, it's a dusty <laughs> mic. I'm Gerardo Munoz. It's your boy Kevin Adams. And we are merely two public school teachers in the city of Denver who are just trying to make it. That's it. That's <laughs> We're just trying to make just it. Just trying to make it. Just trying to make it. That's we it. think, because we are a reliable, unbiased source on the matter, we think this is a great show. You're I, about to hear. I like it. I'm really optimistic. I, I think it's 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 grown on me. It did. <laughs> No, I've always oh, you mean liked in it. over like overall. <laughs> I I think like what, it more now than I ever have before. I think what Kevin's trying to say is that I have grown on him. Um, <laughs> I didn't like you that much before. <laughs> you've grown on, uh, but you've grown on me, kind of like uh, scum sort That's of develops sure. on a you on an abandoned like cup of water, like from like who you hated in elementary, and then like in middle school you became like like you're like why do we hate each other? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just cut those people off because I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I'm petty. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, we will actually talk a little bit about my pettiness, pettiness will um, come up. today. Uh, but, you know, hit all those petty corner. Um, I try not to be petty. I'm not trying to set an example it's of not, pettiness. It's not purposeful pettiness. It's Sometimes. Just, it's no, but, but don't, you you think, don't you think that pettiness is always 
purposeful. purposeful. <laughs> I'm being purposefully. I don't know. Sometimes, like, I'm petty and I didn't realize it. Oh. Like, someone's like, you're being really petty. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm just thought, I'm in my feelings. So one thing you don't, you guys don't see because you don't see us, like, on our day-to-day basis is at times I'll approach Kevin and be like, hey, can I be petty? Can I need we- to be petty. And you're literally the only person in the school that I feel like I can really be petty with. You can, and I will never judge you for your pettiness. At least not to my face. <laughs> hey, but we're back. And it's our first November episode. Yes. Maybe our last November episode. Who oh, knows what happens? That. Well, may, I mean, our last one November of November 2018. 2018. Okay, there we go. Why are you like, am I making you nervous? Do you I'm think worried. I'm going like, to like abandon you? Me. Well, you did do an episode without me. <laughs> we did, we did, um, and uh, and it was great. Did was you great listen episode. to it? Yeah. You lying? You didn't listen. To I it. listened to it. <laughs> Call me out. We had our intern. You're like, I'll uh, test you now. <laughs> we had our intern Sophia. For those of you, who shout out it, to Sophia. Shout out to Sho- Sophia. She is our two dope intern, uh, sitting in with our two dope soup yes. interview with uh, Susana Cordova. Um, we're hoping to get another conversation in. Um, as we kind of get closer to the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tudo Teachers and a Mic, we are back. Uh, we've missed you. Um, there's a lot of reasons we've been gone. Uh, you were at a conference for a I, while. I, I went to a quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes, conference. Yeah. Um, and it was enjoyable. I had a good time. I That's came good. back revived, That's refreshed. Good. That's good. Ready That's to good. go. I've, I was the opposite around that time. Um, I contracted a sinus infection um, on election so night. Horrible. It was on election night, too. I realized that because I went home that tu- like Tuesday morning, November 6th. I'm like, I feel pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, I was I felt so good that I wasn't even thinking about yeah. whether I felt good, right? Yeah. You know how, like, when you're not sick, you yeah, don't appreciate yeah, yeah. what yeah. it is. Yeah. So, and then Tuesday afternoon, I'm like, I don't feel good. Like something's, there something's going wrong. There is something happening here. And um, so... You were sick for a minute. It was, I was bad. Worried about you. So like, I was worried about so you. like, I didn't take any time off that week. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not that sick. I, I feel kind of cruddy, but it's gonna be okay. <laughs> I have an immune system. I spent my first 25 years without health insurance. Like, I'm gonna be okay. I got this. Um, and then the following week, I got sicker. <laughs> so then I'm like, I'm gonna take Monday off. Yeah. And recover. So I took Monday off, and I'm like. I'm fine. I'm good. And then I worked the rest of the week on death's doorstep. I saw you. I remember the end of that week. You were like, had no voice. I was like, how are you still here? It it was ridiculous. And like, I texted my wife. I'm like, I I don't know why. Why am I here? This is so stupid. And she's like, she's like, yup. (laughs) So then I spent all of the week off, um, which I affectionately call thanks taking break. Yes. Um, on the couch. On the couch. Not in a good way either. <laughs> Not like I'm just chilling and I don't feel like doing anything. It was in the way of like, I, think I'm I dying. could go use the bathroom, but <laughs> if I get up, I'm going to need a nap. I think I'm dying. <clears throat> so then I was on four meds. I'm still coughing. Um, but so now I'm we on need like a cough button. four meds. <laughs> exactly. You know what? I, I think we need a drop board. Don't don't encourage me. I think that'd be dope. That would I think be, that'd dope. be dope. Let me look into that. Yeah, we should look, into, look it. into that. Anyway, uh, by the way, this is also ep- this is episode thirty-one. I know, I know. It'll yeah, we'll we'll start recording like our kids and the goofy things that say they say and just like using those as drops. Send us your drops. Send us your drops. So not only is this um, an episode, it's also a production meeting. Apparently, <laughs> hey, we make it happen. We believe in transparency here. So today, what are we going to talk about today? Kev? Well, uh... <laughs> Looks at my notes. Uh, I have to look at the notes. <laughs> they're they're the right notes. there. He's trying to quiz me, y'all. We're gonna, like, what we talk about. What we I'm going gonna, gonna to put the notes talk. under the table, and no, then you, you have to try to guess. Notes. We are going to talk about... Um, Just ran out of tea. 
we got a we got an article that I stumbled across. Yep. That's gonna come up. Only you stumble across like Atlantic I, articles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Most people stumble across a vine. Yeah. <laughs> America's not so broken education system. What? Which I Hot think, take. It's oh, not right. that broken, it's y'all. It's not that broken. Maybe it ain't that broken. Uh, oh wow. Maybe which, it's only a little bit broken. It shocked me because everything that I hear is that. Like schools are failures, yeah, and that everything that happens the whole in the system school, is broken. We just need to blow it up. Yep, which I've even said, you know. But uh, this article shed some light, so I thought it would be good fodder for our podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get into some uh, some. We're gonna uh, check in. We're gonna see check in. See how yeah. life's going on. I can't um, even. What is that? The Oh, we're gonna so and and we're also gonna talk about. Don't worry, I'll I'll get that. My handwriting is not that bad. It, I don't n- I don't understand no, why. No, your handwriting is really nice, but you're one of those people with nice handwriting that it's nice penmanship, so you can't read it. <laughs> what you just said makes no sense whatsoever. That makes plenty of sense. It don't make any sense. You looking at it? So what we're gonna? <laughs> yo, recognize my perspective, fool. <laughs> we we're gonna. So we're also. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about some books. We're gonna talk about books. What you reading? We're going to call it What You Reading. So we're going to talk about What You Reading, and then we're going to give you all an opportunity to join um, the inaugural Two Dope uh, Book Club. Yes. That's a that's a terrible name. That doesn't um, sound too dope. No, it doesn't sound too dope. The two dope I'm here for the Two Dope Book Club. Well, it, that'll go along with our Two Dope Quilting Bee, you know. Quilting <laughs> <laughs> Bee. Well, our, our Two Dope Cribbage game. What can you call it? The two Dope, two dope Book Session. Book, se- book Session. <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever a lit read, session? Did you, that's what I said to the kids. Nah, but quit. but but shout out to Julia out there uh, because she has Project Lit. Yes. Um. So I don't know if I feel like we'd be like we'd be lit? biting it. Project Lit, man. Pro- Project. Oh yeah, this is, you're not on social media. I'm not. Uh, Project Lit is a DCIS at Montbello um, effort to engage young people of color in reading. Nice. And it's called Project Lit, and so you can follow them on Twitter. Um, and so it's kind of like a lit session. A lit session is just where you sit around and read. That's true. That's true. All what right. Do you think I'm in? No, that's not, it's not that. It's just I thought we might accidentally be biting that idea. I'm trying to um, bite. i Yeah, we could do we could do a lit session. Um, no. Anyway, so we we have actually chosen a book, um, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, we have some rants. Uh, we have yes, some. I have a really important rant. That, yeah. Um, has been stewing for a while, but I still think it's very. Um, important. Y'all should see his face right now. There. He looks mad right oh, now. Oh, I was like, I'm, <laughs> wait, I were you mad at me? No, I feel like we, I feel like we should have like cleared this ahead of time. I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know. You Now you don't know. No, I think it, I don't Man. think it does, but we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? <laughs> There's some podcasts I like listen I said, to. What sparked this was the, like something <laughs> happening that I was like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, yeah. now I really feel now like it's something to, I did. Oh, see, I'm building, I'm building the suspense. Oh man. Hey, that's why we're a great podcast. That's right. So, so don't like, don't put, don't like, delete this podcast or don't push stop. Don't like, you gotta, you gotta know what we got ran about. Um, so, what's good? What's good? How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Man. Um, you know, my <laughs> classes are going well. The students, the students seem to be reacting. We're implementing our uh, service projects around refugees, <coughs> um, and so. It's it's really interesting doing that type of work. Yep. Uh, because it is all over, and there has to yeah. be some. I keep nodding as if the microphone can like hear me. You know, but uh, you just responded to me, making me feel good. Well, you know, what my mom used to say if I nodded instead of saying yes or no, she would say she would say uh, I can't hear the rocks in your head. <laughs> Not mom with the rot rope. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think it's been going good. You know, busy, but I think after the Thanksgiving break, I yep, feel yep, very yep. refreshed. Yep. 
Um, it was good. You know, usually a week off doesn't make me that ready to come back, but I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> a week off usually makes me ready for another week yeah, off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was ready, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just working with my seniors, motivating them because... Um, hey, let me know how that goes. I don't know if you listeners know, but there is a, a terrible, deadly um, illness. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That CDC really needs to, to be on this. Around this type of year, yep. around seniors, and it's called the senior-itis. Yeah, the CDC, I don't think they've even done anything it on this. It creeps up fast. It's it scary. It creeps up fast, and then it, it overwhelms, and before yep. you know it, yep. they haven't done anything in three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they're they're stressed out because like the semester's gonna end. But that's what I so I have I have a motivating video that I show them. If you might have seen it, it's a great <laughs> motivator. One of the uh, premier minds of our time, uh, a, a young man named Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> and he has a. I knew you were gonna say something like that. Like, Wait, the Shia LaBeouf, he's from trans, he's, he's do from, it. He's from Transformers, right? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Yes. He's Does the he guy still who gave up the Transformers game? Wow. Wow. He, he stopped acting. Remember, he was like being an artist. He yeah, had, that like, was an weird. Art installation. He was trying, and people were attacking. Him. Yeah, he, I know. He was trying to be like Jim Carrey. Like, but the difference is Jim Carrey can paint. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's like, you got nothing, Jack. Jim Carrey. You know what I miss about Jim Carrey? What I miss Fire. I miss Fire Marshal Bill. I do miss Fire Marshal. Let me show you something. But I love his paintings. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, he, he right yeah now. he is, and um and you know he he kind of he kind of reminded me of that weird dude on the block, like on In Living Color, and so I'm not I don't miss his acting that much. Um, so the art's good. You like Y'all know Fire what I'm Marshall talking Bill. about. Fire Marshal Bill always kind of weirded me out. I thought Fire Marshal Bill it's was the great. Way he do his like had... jaw and his like veins. Oh, I know. I mean, like, how do you? That yeah, that dude was that dude was made out of elastic. Um, yeah. Now, to be totally fair, like Jim Carrey had some characters that were problematic, <laughs> problematic, and we're not even going to talk the living about Living Color. In Living Color had some problematic stuff. Yeah, Men on Film, a little problematic. <laughs> A little problematic. Um, hey, don't add us. Homie D clown. Homie D clown. Homie D. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was hitting kids. He was hitting kids. See, you can tell the neighborhood I came from because like that didn't jump out at me as an issue. (laughs) That doesn't seem unusual. (laughs) Homie D clown. Uh, but like, um, oh, handyman. These, those are really bad. We need to we need to move on from this conversation. Yeah, living color. Problematic. Problematic. Uh, and a lot iconic. Of problematic stuff from the nineties. There really was, and I, and I think I think it is interesting because like I, you know when we think about things like comedy, right? Yeah. Like we like there's a a Netflix uh, show that that Kevin and I were talking about. And I'm not going to mention it because because uh, I don't because I don't do stuff for free. <laughs> you got to pay us. You got to pay us to talk about it. But you know we talk about comedy, right? And comedy is always rooted in some problem or some stress or some yep. unhappiness. And so, like, you have all this stuff that kind of comes out, and how do you, like, process that kind of thing? Uh, I just showed um, the problem with Apu yes. in my cross-cultural yes. communication class. And it's interesting because... Give us some background on what the problem with Apu is. So, Hari Kondabolu, um, yes. who, the former co-host of Politically Reactive with W. Kamau Bell. one of the people who inspired us to do a podcast, Yeah, W. Kamau right? Bell. Shout out! Shout w. Kamau Bell, you inspired us, even if you don't listen to our podcast. podcast. For real... Yeah, well, go ahead. Man, he's going places. So Hari Kondabolu um, did this whole documentary um, that sort of um, that that takes aim at the Apu character in The Simpsons, yes. and um, and how it is this pretty terrible representation of um, 
of South South Asian people, of Indian people, of yes. Indian immigrants, and um, and with the aim of having Apu removed. And so he, he goes through this whole odyssey trying to get Hank Azaria to speak out again. Mm-hmm. And Hank Azaria, for those of you who don't know, uh, voices many characters on The Simpsons, including Apu. And, uh, and it's just a really interesting piece. And so now I look at certain brands of humor, and it's like, you know, and, and Hari even says, you know, so you can like The Simpsons yep. and hate Apu, yeah. right? And so it's interesting. Um, also, a few weeks ago, you know The Simpsons killed off Apu. They killed him. He's gone. I knew they were They were like, yep. it's, he's going to be he's gone. gone. And I knew, like, he's gone. Uh, after, shortly after the documentary, Hank Azaria came out and said, or, or The Simpsons, I can't remember, someone announced that they were done with it. And yep. I, I yep. think someone said, we're done. Um, which I think is a great thing. It's a good thing. Right? It's really a good thing. And, and as a person who grew up in that time period yep. and watched a lot, I've seen a lot of Simpsons episodes. Yep. You know, but the more, like, that's what I love about that documentary because it does expose you. And I think, you know, we have these attitudes about when it's not us, yeah. we can laugh. Yeah, at, right? yeah, yeah. And so, like, I think we going back to Living Color, like, we could laugh at certain stuff. In Living stuff. Color. Living, Living Color was a great band. Living Color is... <laughs> Amazing cult, cult of personality rock band. Yeah. So Vernon Reed. Yeah. Vernon Reed's that hilarious. That dude is he so funny. Play so good. But um <coughs> but thinking about it, you know, it opens that perspective that you know when we think about race, we often think about like uh that it's very didactic. It's yeah. white or black, yep. right? Yep. But we yep. don't think about these other groups who have been You said um, didactic. I like that stereotyped. word. Stereotyped. Thank you. Yeah. And who have been uh, lampooned throughout history by all yeah. sorts of people, yeah. and that we think it's okay, and that's why I love that documentary um, because it really moved me, and I love all the people that he interviews. Yeah, you know, like I've been on a um, Hassan Minaj kick on his yeah. show. On yeah, yeah. Shout yeah, out Hassan shout Minaj. Appear on the podcast. We figured out Skype. To watch a Muslim American have a show of young man to be able to express his perspective. You know, or, or like Utkarsh or any yep, of these yep. Southeast Asian brothers, um, or Southwest Asian, sorry. Southwest, um, yeah, South, yeah. Southwest. Yeah, 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 we got you. And, uh, but to see we, them like, doing I speak them for everybody. Thing, it, I think it's just opening it up, right? Yeah. And giving us greater perspective. Well, and, and that's the big thing that I think is a big takeaway. And for those of you who are maybe struggling a little bit with this time of year, um, you know, there's a holiday season that's upon us and that holiday season tends to be defined through a pretty narrow lens of experiences relative to the kids that are in our classrooms. So when you start thinking about cultural representation in quote unquote American traditions, it's important to think about this. And and I think the most important point that I'm hoping we arrive at in, in this class that I'm teaching is that, you know, it isn't that you should try to represent every like culture like all at once perfectly like all that kind of stuff but the idea is we need to get more and more stories out there and and what Hari Kondabolu and um who who was the the gentleman who was the uh former U.S. Surgeon General um who's also um who's uh, also why Indian why can't I think of his name yeah it's slipping me I feel bad yeah um so but he argues he's like it's not even so much that Apu is the problem the problem that his experience was was that Apu was the only way that's right, the that only, people understood the South only Asian people. Way. So it's like that's all <coughs> you could be. So now you have all these other kind of uh, representations that are starting to emerge in television and film and comedy. And so I think that's the thing. So the big thing for you all to think about around this, if, if you're looking for something for your classroom, is how do you assemble a montage of stories instead of trying to find one story that captures everything? Vivek Murthy. 
There we go. Vivek Murthy. Uh, and we're sure we didn't pronounce that correctly. <laughs> Probably not. Because neither of us speaks the language. But um, so, yeah. Uh, so that's where we're at. So things are good? Yeah, things are good. What about you? Man, I, I just... Other I already, illness. Well, there wasn't much other than illness. Like, that. there just wasn't much. You're back to health. Everybody thinks that I'm, like, super unfriendly because... Well, and I am a little bit. <laughs> but... But also because it, it was really hard for me to like do anything besides like show up. When and you feel be sick like present. that, you're like, it's bad. Well, yeah. okay, let's go back because the Friday before the break, yep, I had an incident that week. Oh I God, this is my it. fault. Yeah, no, this is not oh, your fault. Right. The incident <laughs> is not your fault. Oh, okay. So, folks, I was working and I got a work-related injury. Oh, I remember this. It was deadly. Yeah, I got scared. <laughs> I almost died. I had a stuck under my fingernail. <laughs> that man, you know what? If you've never had that happen, like, you still have a little bit of I scarring under there. I got it. came and took it out. That went. Yeah. That's why I left no, but you early. got the scarring. Yeah. No, I, I remember that. I left early on Friday. That was funny. Break. So just a, exhibit A and why I'm a bad friend. So like, I, <laughs> so like we go in and you show me the splinter in the morning. I'm like, dang, that looks painful. And then like later in the day, I don't, and you told me. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. So then I'm texting you and I'm like, where are you? Like, did you leave early on vacation or what? You're like, I'm at the doctor getting, getting my splinter, splinter out. And I felt bad. That lady saved me though. She, she, she pulled out this little razor. She cut down the finger Ugh. nail. And then she put out. <laughs> she cut down your finger. She, I, I was worried they were going to have to take it all. When I got there, she was like, I don't think there was anything we could do. Oh, taking the nail and out? I was like, worried it's going to get infected, and I'm yeah. going to lose my finger, and I'm a guitar player. And, and I ain't going like, to die. I, I can't lose a finger. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. And then, so she was like, well, let me check. And she gets a razor, and she gets some, like, goggles, <laughs> like, magnifying goggles. She's got those on her head. Oh, and she's man. looking at it, and I'm sitting there. And, she and it's your pinky, right? Yeah, it's, your, it's my oh, pinky. Man. So she the scrapes, most vulnerable finger. She scrapes. Oh, you're giving everybody and the, then the she, willies. But, like, to be honest, none of that hurt. Like, the worst thing that hurt was it going in. After that, anything you did to try to get it I out, guess I can see that, I yeah. Like, I had that happen to me once on this finger, on this ring finger. Uh, and it was on one of these things. So I, like, gesticulate madly while I'm, like, doing things. Yeah, yeah. And so on, I remember, and I think I was teaching. I think I was in the classroom. And I just swept upward against my desk and just, like, and it was like painful. Now I think I just yanked it out and hoped for the best. Yeah, so, I yanked out part of it, but then like I was like, I think there's a whole bunch more. And then when she pulled it out, it was like that long. Oh, he's it like was, a half inch. Yeah, or a quarter solid. of an inch. He's kind of saying. But like I gave her the high five. She was like, you know the the uh, fable about the uh, the mouse pulling the splinter out of the lion's paw. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> That's how yeah. I, was. I was like, you yeah. Saved me. So, you, so you, you didn't eat the nurse, that's good, or no, the doctor? No, I was like, thank uh, that's you. Good. She was my home. I, I need to go. Go say it. Go say thank you. Up. Got a shout out because, like, she saved your life and yeah. you almost died. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You I know what? Almost, hey, I so, almost died. so let's talk about. So I want to I I be excited about something not school related. Yes. And then I want to be petty yes. about something not school related. Yes, hit it. So um, my nuggets. My nuggets. Your, our nuggets. My nuggets. Our nuggets. Our nuggets. Our nuggets. Our nuggets. This is our city. I, like, so uh, one of my most important experiences I ever had was I was like nine years yes. old, and my dad took me to McNichols Sports Arena yes. to watch the Denver Nuggets play the Los Angeles Lakers, which they're actually playing tonight. Yes. Going down, King James. Right. Going down. Going again. down again. again. It's not going to be a good night for you. Yeah. It might be a good night for you, but not for everybody else. Um, so LeBron will get hit. But I remember, <laughs> yeah, you just can't stop him. I mean, it's kind of like us, right? Yeah, in yeah, this class, in yeah. this, in this work, in this work, we're always going to get ours. Get yeah. Um, you know, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but we're going to do it. Um, so, so like, 
so we went, and this was when the Nuggets had Alex English. Yes. Oh, Dan Issel, as problematic as yes. he'd become later on. <laughs> Dan Issel. Um, we used to call him, when we were in college, Clan Issel. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That wasn't even a good burn, either. <laughs> like, if he was trying to clown like that in the neighborhood, he could just get shouted down. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to talk about problematic Dan Issel. Um and then let's see who else was on the team. Wayne Cooper was yeah. on the team. Oh yeah. Uh, Mike Evans was on yes. that team. Um, who, uh, Fat Lever. Fat Lever. Oh man. And then this was pre Michael Adams, but T R Dunn. Oh yeah. Calvin Nat. Oh man. See, that's before I even made it to this city. See, like right? yeah. And and that night they were giving out Alex English jerseys yes. to kids, and yes. so and we got these nosebleed seats. And the Lakers came in with Magic, with Byron Scott, yes. with James Worthy, yes. with Michael Thompson, Showtime. with all these like players. Um, and I, as I recall, the Nuggets lost. It was a very good game. So I, I'm, I've been a lifelong Nuggets fan. I love the NBA. I love NBA players, and and the Nuggets. I've just I've just enjoyed. I'm recording the game tonight. You're recording it. So yeah. Um. Now I'm gonna be petty. All right. So. Oh. Pettiness. So, Kev, Petty alert. Kev, you know I'm boy, you know I'm boycotting the NFL, right? Yes. And, you and many others. Yep, and yes. for sure. Yes. And and like now it's at a point where I'm just not even that interested anymore. Uh, but <laughs> but the Denver Football Broncos. Yes. Um. Uh, so I'm not boycotting the NFL. This is a this is a subject of weird awkwardness. We're not us. always the same. No, we're, we're not. But it's together. funny because you'll be talking football with other people, and I'll walk by, and then you you guys all look really uncomfortable around me for a second. I'm not judging you. They like do. I don't. Oh, they, they! I think they judge me. I don't think they judge you. They're like, you know, don't talk about football. don't talk about football. He with like him. Football. He's gonna get mad. I don't I'm even like, care. I don't think it's that he doesn't like football. He doesn't like the NFL. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of don't like football either. I know. We haven't had you this like conversation. Football. I like football. You don't like North. Yeah, American the one that you football. actually play with your foot. That makes sense. Feet. Um, unless you're a U.S. national player, in which case you only have one foot. Um. Um. So. But 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 I caught wind because I have the ESPN app. Yes, and I I caught wind that the that the Broncos of Denver yes. would be taking on the Steelers of Pittsburgh. Yes, a shout out to that factory that's getting shut down in Youngstown. That all y'all voted for the guy that said he was going to bring back manufacturing, bring back jobs, and now your factory is going to be gone. Best of luck. Anyway, I believe everything you hear. Now now I have I do not like. Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. And I do not like Ben Roth. Don't at me, Roethlisberger. Um, but I do not like him because, like, because, because Michael Vick went to prison. That's right. For uh, for abusing dogs, mm-hmm. and Ben Roethlisberger has not been punished for abusing women. And so that slid under the. Well, it happened to Georgia. So yeah. So yeah. That's. There. I mean, there, there's no law in Georgia for sure. So <laughs> well, but there's there's law. So it depends on who you are. So I looked at my ESPN app and I saw that the that the Broncos of Denver were winning. Yes. And it was like not much time left in the game. Not much. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna turn this on and just watch that last play briefly. And that way I can get on Facebook and clown everybody I know who's a Steelers yes. fan. So I watched that last play. I got on Facebook and I'm like, ha 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 ha. I'm so petty. And you felt like that was petty? And then I turned it off and went back to boycotting. Then you're like, okay, I felt like that was really petty. Continued. I felt like that was really petty. It was a great play. That last play was a great play. It was. That, that dude was big. Who like He just like great got a paw on it. He looked like he couldn't even like believe his own luck. He saw that ball coming. He was like, I'm taking this ball. I'm jumping this route. <laughs> Grabbed it like a loaf of bread. That's it. That's it. All but right. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Nuggets. Nuggets are doing great. Nuggets are doing great. Love them. Um... Yeah, and uh, and my Barcelona team, you know, keeping it real. Keeping it real. You don't watch soccer though, so uh, 
when I was at the men's conference one morning, because the people I was with, they woke up and they were watching, what is it, the English Premier League? Yeah, yes, they that's were, a thing. <laughs> they, <laughs> I see this. I'm like, I see this stuff on early in the morning. We call it, turn by it. We call it the EPL. The, oh, yeah. EPL. Yeah, yeah that can make you sound like an, like an insider. Who was it? It was like Manchester versus... Which Manchester? Okay. United or City? No, that's a derby right there. I have no idea. If they're in red, they're United. If they're blue, they were uh, I think, their city. I think they were in red. So that'd be United. That'd be, United. The, that'd be the over-talented, underachieving United. And then United. what's the other team? Because I had two friends. It's Manchester City. So, But then there's a, like, what's the other big English Premier League team that's popular? Is it like Arsenal or something? There's like Arsenal. That? There's Liverpool. There's... Uh, Hey, there's an Arsenal joke. Or no, wait, it's a Liverpool joke. Um, what ship has never arrived in Liverpool? The championship. The premiership, oh, which is the same as the championship. Okay. Nah, yeah, it's, so good. Good it's so good. It's a good Shout out to my Liverpool fans out there. Although, Mohamed Salah, that dude can play. Is he? He's a baller. Egyptian, I, I enjoy it. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't watch it, but yeah. I, I watch the World Cup. World yep, Cup. Yep, yep, yep. You know, every you four years. One of those fans. All right. So, um... <laughs> Nah, so so one year, one one time, one summer, I'm just gonna have to take you to a Rapids game, and I've I've been saying, and I there'll be go. I there'll don't be want to go to a Rapids. Yeah, game. in the off chance that there's actually soccer being played at a Rapids game, we can go and be there if it happens. I've heard it's fun. Shout out to the <laughs> last place Rapids. All right, uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's talk about school. Oh. So you um you found this article. Yeah. You implied a hot take. Hot take. That possibly America's educational system is not that broken it's not as broken as we think what 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 you know and so as i was reading this article i couldn't help but think of disaster capitalism and naomi klein and and like the shock doctrine is yep. that we, we start to say like it's by broken. the way i'm tweeting out this article right now cool okay and that it's broken that somehow you know <laughs> that that things, um, institutions don't function in the same way as yep. we'd intended them to function. And so because those institutions don't function that way, we need to take over and somehow, uh, you know, revamp these institutions to meet more of the needs that we think aren't being met. Yep. met you know, and, and so when I think about schooling, I think the big thing is being competitive internationally, right? That we are able to compete in the global economy. In the global economy, I do not want we're to do building that. up, you know, our country and our kids are somehow falling behind, and somehow, um, you know, the education that our kids are getting isn't equal to the education that we got. Right. And I think about in my own experience of learning, you know, what I was doing in eighth grade. Or sixth grade or seventh grade, and what we've asked, what we're asking students to do, are so different in the level of rigor, the intensity, the amount of thinking that goes into it yeah. than what I had to do. I remember days where we would just copy notes. Yep. And then you get a test, and it was about memorization. Yeah. Right. Um, and and it, this article just made me say, you know, really kind of ask credit question my own beliefs about the American education system yep. and some of the issues that we see as so pervasive and, you know, also um, gave me some thoughts on how to push back against these school reformers who are saying <coughs> that our public school teachers, the people like me and you, are yeah. failing our students yeah. consistently. Yeah. You know, and so I just wanted to kind of bring it up. I, I think that's I think that's such an interesting point. Now you've read more of the article yep. than I have, um, 
because 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 um yeah there's a lot of reasons um but like you know part of the article kind of points out how um how education tends like educational reform tends to be this kind of like cause celebre how do you say that in french cause i don't know i didn't study french cause celebre celebre whatever a celebrated cause and for those of you who are unfamiliar with that um expression essentially it's a cause that everybody kind of gets on because it's like it's what's it's what's hot right now it's what's popular it's what all everybody who's Everybody who's anybody is working on school reform, right? That's right. And this goes all the way to like Sal Khan. So I'm, I'm ready to boycott Khan Academy under some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, to like Campbell Brown, which I'm kind of like, okay, you went to school, but what other qualifications do you have to be a reformer, yeah. right? Yeah. And so like – And there's <clears throat> big bucks in it. There's a lot of money being made off of school there's reform. There's so much money in school reform. So much and and think, about, think about the other kind of um, – the, the sort of uh, – I don't know if there's – I know there's a word for it. But the kind of secondary economy that's developed as a result of educational reform, uh, you have everything from teachers pay teachers to uh, teacherpreneurship, which, yo, get that hustle, right? Yeah. But there's yeah. a lot of opportunities, as I'm sure you've noticed as a teacher. But I think about teacher. some of these organizations, like the organization that we had come to our school to evaluate uh, the level that we were Man, performing at. they got and paid. They got paid. They got paid. Yo, how, like, I'm going to put it like Chris Rock put it in New Jack City. Mm-hmm. How can I be down? How can – I'd be right? Down. How can I be down? How can I get paid hundreds of dollars to come into a school and tell with them, a checklist and tell them how everything that they're doing is wrong? It, that like because you know any any monkey with a pen can do that, right? <laughs> so like so this is a really important thing. Like look at and and I was going to bring it back to this idea of like how many opportunities do you and I have as public school teachers to spend all kinds of money on our job? I mean, so many things. Like, my, my wife and I probably got to get another income in the household to support everything we're spending money That's on. That's right. Like, That's right. Because everything promises that it's going to be aligned to standards, it's going to be aligned to this, that, and the other thing, and all that kind of stuff. So, like, that part of the whole sort of equation, I think, is one that it's there, and we're not really talking about it too much. Um, let me take a direct quote. Yep. And this is where we'll kind of start. It's in the very first program, uh, for, first paragraph. Gotcha. Um, as the leaders of the XQ project succinctly put it, we need to scrap the blueprint and revolutionize this dangerously broken system. Right? Dangerous. It's, it's dangerous, dangerous how broken, broken it is. Hey, I, th- I think your child is at the door. Do, we, do you want to invite her in? Sure. Let's yeah. She, I was wondering where she was. Yeah. She can come in because she doesn't have nearly enough opportunities to listen to you uh, in oh, life. I know. Um, it so, surprises me. Th- so this is a really interesting thing that, um, that you know, and it, it goes on to say, the edu- this they explain is a sad truth. The educational system simply stopped working. It aged, declined, and broke. <laughs> and broke. It's done. So, right. so why did this catch your attention, and why do you think well, that we should be talking you know, about well, it? Well, th- first of all, that quote, right? Is, is, is talking about this scrap the blueprint, revolutionize, revolutionize this uh, dangerously broken system, right? I think that's what I think about, right? So I'm like, yeah. oh, let's see what they're talking about here. Yeah. But then they go in and they start to point out things, you know, and they, and they point it out like... <laughs> when you say they go in, they go, they go in. in. <laughs> they go in. And so like, they, I like this. Shout out to Jack Schneider who wrote this. This is an article from two years ago. Yeah. Um, but I think it's worth revisiting. Really sure. good. So there's this quote from uh, Ted Sizer on the subject... The typical result was one, and this was about so, finding so Ted Sizer, Ted Sizer, who uh, conceptualized free school and the open schools and this kind of uh, like very 
um, what some would consider radical constructivist approach to yep. learning. Yep. A school without walls, I think, yes. is size, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ideas like that. So he's talking about the history of American teachers. And so his quote is, um, he's talking about how teachers were selected and got the job. He says, in which some mayors half drunk, illiterate uncle was hired to teach 12th grade <laughs> English. Right? This is how our system started out. You had to be in the know to become a teacher. Yeah, yeah. When I became a teacher, I had to go through a year of <laughs> teaching for free. There are so many hoops. So many hoops. I had to take a year. It's like they classes. don't actually want you to be a teacher. It's like the Hunger Games. Like, if you survive, then you get to be a teacher. I had to create <laughs> a unit Yep. out of nowhere. Have like, you ever looked at your unit plan I since you did I go back and look it? at my unit plan. Uh, yeah, I bet yours was Mine, really good. Oh, it was okay. Mine like, was, when I look back, I'm like, it was off. I would never do stuff. So I had, I was... I did mine on the prison industrial complex. Oh, you know, dang. Oh, dang. Okay. Was. That, yeah. And I taught a street law class that's at the dope. school where I was. That's dope. It's that's a- that's one of those classes that kids want to take, and then they get in it, and <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, this is exactly really hard and weird. He's like, why are we, why are we doing all this reading about prisons in the 1830s? <laughs> Quakers. Because that's how far back it I'm goes. Like, that's where it started. Yeah. Penitentiary. That's right. <laughs> Penitentiary <laughs> philosophy, <laughs> to quote Erica Badu. Yes. But, 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 you know, like, he goes on to point this out like that simple evolution of how we choose who gets to be a teacher yeah right who's in front of the kids teaching is extremely we've made a lot of progress yeah. on that because you're not just picked yeah. right you have to have some skills to do this but um you know thinking about the other thing and then another really important thing that stood out to me um is uh, where they start to talk about our test scores right because oh, that's man. the big thing that we always hear about um, you know, and, and so kind of looking at it is, well, is the outcome, the test scores. Um, and so basically one of the things that they says, um, critics are right that achievement scores aren't overwhelmingly oppress- impressive and that troubling gaps persist across racial, ethnic, and income groups. Yet scores are up over the past 40 years and the greatest gains over that period have been made by black and hispanic students what right i and thought i thought our communities were hopeless right the greatest gains <laughs> but this but hold on i think we have to really follow this yeah so we're saying in the last 40 years the greatest gains in education have been by black and latinos and now we're saying that the educational system is broken. Yeah. That has been actually showing some progress for yeah. these students. Not as much as we'd like, right? Which we know is the subject of this. But they're saying that there's something wrong. And so when I read stuff like that, my conspiratorial mind starts clicking, right? Yep. And, and it starts to make me say, well, why Why do they say these schools are broken? Oh, yo, you didn't bring your tin hat, though. Is it because we're starting to really try to, some teachers, uh huh, like us, Yeah. People who listen to this have said this is a place where we can empower young black and brown kids. Yeah. And yeah, that's that that's real. That's is real. Totally contradictory to Oh yeah. Hegemony that is the American system. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. It's like we don't want black and brown kids to grow up and see themselves as value. This is where we go back to white supremacy. Yeah. Right? And that this system has been created to kind of Promote this white supremacy. Hey, can I say it? Can I say it? Say it. White supremacist capitalist patriarchy. There we go. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. And so I think as um, <clears throat> it's interesting as we see schools moving, and I think we see this more at um, 
the post-secondary level of education yeah. with a aim for social justice ed- based education, yeah. we start to hear that the schools are failures. You know what? I hadn't actually put it together in that way, but that is really interesting. Like it's, that's what we're starting to hear. These yeah. schools are failing. They're failing miserably. Yeah. Right? And it's, well, because what's happening is that the measures that are being put in place don't always measure what's actually happening in the classroom um, and what's happening in a school. and how. Like, like our program has a very particular focus, yep. and and we, we are doing pedagogical calisthenics every single week in professional development, in department work, to try to link what we're being measured with with what we do. That's right. Right? That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so are you saying that the system is actually working exactly the way it's supposed to, and that is actually why it's not su- – and, and that's actually why, why it needs to be reformed. Formed. Right? I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I would think about – so think about it this way. Like, um, I forget who the writer was. Uh, his first name was John? Uh, yes. I don't know. Um, he <laughs> I was, agree. So this was a, a guy who became sort of an educational celebrity in the early part of the, of this, of the 2000s yep. um, because he was three-time, like, New York Teacher of the Year. Yep. Um, he had John Taylor Gato. Okay. Oh, go. got it. Oh, in there. oh man, I got the names. <laughs> got the names. So John Taylor Gato, uh, wrote an article after he had been named New York state teacher of the year for the third yep, time yep. where he said that the schools are failing basically. And, he, but one thing that he sort of, now I got so excited. I remembered his yep. name. And I don't remember my point. Oh, so he argued that, um, Man, I can't believe it. I like I compl- so What was the last thing you just said? We were talking about, about, we were talking about how the, are, are the schools failing? Are they doing yep. what they're supposed to do? Yep. Kind of. Oh, so he argues that what's missing in school is authenticity, and that when we don't do things that are real for kids, then it it becomes it becomes like kind of a waste of time. Now he also kind of has these other problematic views on education. Yep. Um, but. Like, from that point of view, I just remember it being a big deal. <laughs> the link is not nearly as strong as I thought it was when I was trying to remember his name. Yeah. This is what happens when you get old. You that, lose all know. your brain power. I know. That happens. Um, it, I love the other point that they go on to make. Um, is they go on to say, they're right. The U.S. finishes well behind exam-oriented countries like Taiwan and Korea on international tests. Yeah. But scores are roughly on par with countries like Norway. Yeah. Which was named by the United Nations as the best place in the world to live. Yeah. Right? And students from low poverty states like Massachusetts outscore most of their global peers. Shocker. Uh, who, who knew that would happen? Right? Right. And I'm sure <laughs> if we go to Massachusetts right now, they'll talk about our schools are failing. Yeah. Oh, we, absolutely. We, we, we absolutely. need reform well, now. Yeah. Uh, in for our sure. Race to the top. Yep. I think they were probably one of those states that was in it with us yep. like, when we were trying to get that money. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and like, and so I, I have a thing that I'll kind of go off on a little bit later in this yep. part of the discussion yep. on like who the system is is supposed to feed and why we why we have this mindset um, that is kind of like that that kind of needs to argue that the system has failed, right? And then it needs to be blown up and that kind of thing. You were gonna make another point. Um, you know, just as thinking about this too, and I think a big thing as I got through the article is that I feel like teachers are under a lot of stress mm-hmm. and teachers carry this <laughs> <You> weight <think? laughs> of like we are failing. Like, yeah. I, I, and we've talked about this, you know, off air that we go home and like, you feel like you're not doing the best job that you can. Oh yeah. And, and well, no, but it's not even that it's, it's worse than that. It's that like when I go home and on my, on my hardest days, 
um, which is a lot of days. Yep, yep. I don't go home and say, well, you know, I could have done a few things better. I go home and I said, I did nothing well today. Yes. Today, I harmed the ability of children to learn. And so many teachers are saying that to themselves. We are. Every we are. single day. And that I think is it's not because sustainable. we're under this microscope that is like progress, test scores, give me something quantifiable to yeah. demonstrate your worth as a teacher. Yep. When we're working in this this place called education, and it's not always quantifiable. I yeah. can't always quantify learning. I can't uh, always quantify, give you an actual measurement of where this kid started out. But I can see the growth in them and yeah. how they act, how they behave, how they're thinking about the world, the things that they're saying on a day-to-day -day basis. And that doesn't always show up on a test. But I would say, though, that those kinds of things that you're talking about, um, what what uh, Paul Tuff calls the soft skills, yep, yep. Um, like uh, though those things are actually measurable, they are quantifiable, and they are qualifiable, well, right? Not. But we're, nobody wants to hear that data, right? That gets shut down yeah. immediately. Yeah. If hey, I have a challenge to all of you. If you work in a building where they say they're data driven, make them be data driven. That's right. Um, because like what your kids say about school is data. Whether a kid sleeps through the entire class. Um, one day and is wide awake and engaged the next day, that is data. That is a factual statement you can say about that kid yeah. in that particular context. Um, you know, and so, like, thinking about it, it just gave me some context to say, you know, I'm not I'm not a failure. Yeah. My, my public education is not a failure. We're actually doing some good stuff. Do we have areas to improve? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it comes back to this idea that, you know, public education is a pretty radical thing. It's, yeah, it's the notion radical. that everybody notion should everybody get educated. Everybody has the right to get educated. Everybody has the right, should get educated, and can benefit from being That's educated. Right. And I think we have this pushback against like probably one of the most radical things in our country right now because we are in this kind of era of privatization. And to say that you know, uh, if we run things like a business, they can run better. They will be more efficient, more effective than what we've been doing. Um, but I just... I feel like we have to be careful, you know, yep. when we describe the system as broken and, and who it serves, who gets something out of it, right? Because um, when we see it benefiting kids of color, when they're succeeding and going yep. on, and I think we see the pushback and they're saying, oh, now there's not enough space in post-secondary schools for white yeah. kids, yeah. right? They're suing and even... I didn't get in because of affirmative action. Uh, uh, Another interesting story I saw or read was about Asian Americans. Or no, I saw this on uh, Hassan Minaj's show. Okay, he did a special. That would be an Asian American. He, he, yeah. he talked <laughs> because Asian Americans are suing Harvard because they feel like their racial quotas are keeping them out. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. And so it's almost like and Hassan Minaj did a great job of laying it out of, of saying you know. Which side? How are you? How are you making this argument? And who are you making this argument for? Yeah. Who are the people funding this argument? Well, it goes back. The people funding it were white people uh, from another organization that had funneled money to this Asian uh, student organization to say we want to advocate and encourage you guys to sue Harvard because it's unfair because white and Asian kids aren't getting it. But yeah. mainly it's white kids. Yeah, right, right. But well, you, and, you help us argue that it's not just white kids. And that makes me think of Frederick Douglass's statement about how power never gave anything voluntarily. It has to be sort of taken. And those in power are very reticent to share that power, right? Yeah. So this made me think of a couple of quick things. So, you know, 
there's a point in the article where that talks about um, so in big letters it says history may reveal broken promises around racial and yes. economic justice but it does not support the story of a broken education system and Schneider goes on to say that and I'm quoting perhaps the most serious consequence of the broken system narrative is that it draws attention away from real problems that the nation has never fully addressed the public education system is undeniably flawed yet many of the deepest flaws have been deliberately cultivated funding inequity racial segregation are not byproducts of a system that broke. They're direct consequences of an intentional concentration of privilege. So that kind of brings me to this other point, I mean, right? I think that's so really like, important. Now, here, here's like, we're going to get a resounding no duh from our entire listenership of teachers. Yes. Because this is something that we will state ad nauseum over and over, over, and over again to people who do not respect our ability to articulate policy and academic dis like ideas yep, right yep and so like so it's not the schools the schools are a reflection it's like hip-hop it's like most have said about hip-hop he's like if the people are in a good place hip-hop is in a good place that's right if the people are smoked out hip-hop is going to yeah, be smoked that's out right, that's and right. it's the same thing with school if society is in a good place schools are going to be great if school if society is struggling you're going to see a lot of struggle in schools and it makes and, me think but, a little bit about our governor-elect right yeah who is um one of these individuals look i believe that jared polis and everybody else who con considers themselves an education reformer yep, yep. i believe that they do not like poverty i believe that they don't want people to live in poverty right. i believe they want people in poverty to have an opportunity to lift themselves out of poverty yep. here's the problem it isn't it isn't education that's going to liberate you from poverty. It's liberation from pro poverty that's going to help you get the best, best education out of your education. And if you can't do that, it does. so we, the whole conversation about educational reform, and I think this article really supports it, is backward. We think that education is going to solve poverty. Bye, kid. Bye. See ya. Um, what we don't recognize is that solving poverty will improve, improve education. education and i think we go back to all the time and, and you've heard this we've heard this uh from our district which has been uh stressed <laughs> is don't make excuses yeah if the kids aren't if there's gaps don't make excuses for them and the uh, things that they call excuses are when we say that our kids are coming from poverty yeah that they have uh a lot of they're bringing a lot of trauma to school prolonged uh post-traumatic stress disorder as Jeffrey Duncan Andrade calls it, right? They're living in war zones at times, places they've watched their friends and family members be killed and had to go to school the next day and be expected to be able to function. And I think it always goes back, and I, um, the quote that you read, I think, really emphasizes it, is that we want everybody to be the same, right? And acknowledging that everybody doesn't come from the same background. Yeah. Um, another quote that I thought that kind of fits with this is whatever the intentions of the policy leaders, this broken system narrative uh, has had some serious unintended consequences. And perhaps the most obvious of those has been an increased tolerance for half-baked plans. Oh, for, my for, gosh. So whoever comes up with a new idea... Do you remember Six Traits Reading? And writing six traits writing. Yes, I I didn't think it was that bad, and and then it was revealed that there were a couple of things that six traits writing doesn't address in terms of developing writers. And so, what did most schools do? They completely scrapped it and found something new that probably cost a lot of money. Half baked plans, right? 
you know, that we keep coming up with. So we're going to start this type of school. We're going to do this. It's going to be this. And we're going to do it this way. And this is going to happen. And then it goes miserably wrong. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. the kids don't get the success. And now this community school is closed down. The neighborhood school is closed down. Yep. You're left with this kind of wild charter school that's been created. Yeah. And then that doesn't succeed. Now, I don't know if this was your experience, but I had a friend. He now teaches drama in Douglas County. Mm-hmm. And I remember like expressing to him some of my own insecurities about how I didn't go through a traditional teacher yep. program. Yep. I was in a two-year alternative licensure yep. program. The teach, uh, Not the teacher next door. That's for houses. <laughs> teacher next door. Uh, the teacher in residence program. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and I remember saying to him, <laughs> one thing that makes me insecure is that I haven't actually taken a lot of the coursework. Uh-huh. So I don't feel... I feel like I've missed out on a lot of like the philosophical, pedagogical, child development things mm-hmm. uh, that are that are going on. And he was in a traditional program, and he's like, "We're not even doing that." Like th- because the Department of Education is changing course so many times that you'll go through halfway through a course, and your professor shows up one day and says, "Actually, time out. CDE changed something. <laughs> we're, we're changed so now something. we're going to do this as our course." And that and so th- that is. That's an illustration of of that same trend that you're talking about and that's cited in this article um, in teacher prep programs as well. You know, and it's interesting. And I think when we say what's what is causing the disruptions in the school, it's all of this fluctuation. Absolutely. It, you know, that we're all over and we're doing all this other stuff. Well, and now you have this epidemic of people who don't know what they're talking about, right? So, like, <laughs> there's all these buzzwords. Like, yes. I remember talking to um, – to a school leader outside of our district, and uh, he said they're going to a project-based model at semester. Yes. And I was yeah, like, at semester, I'm like, at semester. Uh, are you sure about that? Because project-based is. <laughs> he's like, lot. well, I'm just going to encourage kids, teachers to give project? to give projects instead of tests. I'm like, that's not project-based. That's, project that's, that's that's not project-based. And so what we have is like we come up with buzzwords and we kind of like trot them out there. Yeah. And then we don't really know the implications and then when we try to like roll it out it's like it doesn't work or it doesn't doesn't look the way we expected to because we didn't understand you know uh like teaching this service learning class is very different for me because we are engaging in some of that kind of out there kind of stuff and so you know we we are talking my other colleague who (laughs) teaches the um other students with me who are eighth graders you know, we're talking about, well, how does this look? And yeah. it really, as the kids, like, we got the part where we're kind of doing the investigation yep. and understanding the issue. But it's like once the kids are really implementing their service learning projects, it looks different. Some kids finish faster. Yeah. Other kids take a longer time. Some might go all year yeah. on this because they're really digging in and they found something that they really care about. Yeah. And, and so because people have to understand that kids it learn different. differently. Well, here's the other thing, too, that kind of, like, relates to what you're saying. Um, I often feel kind of overwhelmed by the idea that like, so like I'll go through, I think of AP world history, right? Yep. I feel like that's a class where you really, where we really build kind of an identity in a community together. Yep. I have the kids for the entire year yep. and we go like to the finish line where there's this big, uh, like high accountability, high stakes test. Yep. And, and so I get to the end of the year and at the end of the year, I always feel pretty good because I'm like, man, we came up with so many cool ways to do things in this class. Like student voice was really big. We did. I can't wait to do the same thing next year. I'm not doing the same thing next year because if because invariably, like what works for one group of kids is really not going to work for other kids. Are kids. kids are different. Your learning community is different. The time of day you teach a class is going to affect things. I have both of my ninth grade classes 
their last class before lunch. <laughs> so teaching freshmen who have not eaten in three hours and won't eat for another 90 minutes, that's different than teaching them first period when they're barely awake, right? So there's so many factors that kind of become a part of it that this notion that we can ever like fix education and that assumes that there's even a fixable problem is a little bit crazy. So, um, sorry, problematic term. Yeah. Um, I got, we we got to get that like burr, yeah. burr, 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 to kind of remind me because uh, that's a bad one. That's one I that it is. It's me. a hard one to break. And I always it's a hard one. yeah. Um, the the last part of the article that I want to cite um, yeah. is that is it's in the consequences too. Yes, yes. And it, yes. he says his second consequence. That's, I was just looking at that. Yep. Yeah. So a second consequence of the broken system narrative is that it denigrates schools and communities so you referred earlier to teacher disillusionment um it's it's really amazing to me how far we've come it used to be when i started teaching if a teacher started at the beginning of the year and quit at the end of the year we were like what happened something must have gone really wrong we've talked about it on the show about the teacher that quit on the first day i have i know people at other schools where they know not one teacher, but a handful of teachers that may not make it back after Christmas. That's that's a real question. Winter, after winter break. Winter break. And what do we see? What I, I we know we see so many teachers just kind of hanging on. So, low so we about start themselves. and so we start looking at this, and this is where it feeds into the notion of school choice, right? Because now. Like now that we have now denigrated certain communities, there are certain communities where people do not want to send their kids, right. regardless of what's happening That's in right. that school. And but they want to be a part of like a good school, right? What in a good means? neighborhood. We, we don't even we, we don't even know what it means. Minds around and, what that means. And I look back now. I'm I'm an educated person who believes he's been successful in the classroom. Yeah. Every single school I ever attended um, was closed at some point. Except from elementary school, which was Steck, in in like Hilltop yep, area, yep, yep. no way were they going to close that school. You know Denver, ever. you guys know what I'm kind of talking about. Mitchell is no yep. longer Mitchell, Cole is no longer nope. Cole, and Manuel is no longer Manuel. That's right. And so, and does that make me look at my own community with a with a degree of insecurity? Everywhere, Absolutely. Everywhere, everywhere where I went is closed down. It yeah. was bad. Yep, it was bad There's school. Some, there was, was something school. problematic. I came out yep. of there. It was so bad that All they had the to close around it. Me My sister went to Gilpin. My sister is a well-adjusted, powerful, intelligent person. Yes. She went to Gilpin. Closed, right? It's, it's so, crazy. Uh, sorry, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. It's wild. They wildin'. They wildin'. These reformers is wildin'. Right? It, 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 I don't think they understand how problematic this Or maybe they do. Maybe this is their intention. Well, so this will, run yeah. the teachers out. Run the people out of the school, and now we can create hey, something got- else. Now everybody can be homeschooled, and now we don't have budgets. Now it's an online school. Yep. It's just like they want to do prisons. So we we said we have too many people in prisons, which is great. I'm a prison reformer, but more than yep. that, prison abolitionist. Yeah, prison abolitionist. Abolish them. prison. Abolish prisons. But yep. what they're doing now is they're saying um, – we're gonna send you out. We 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 need less people in the prison. We can't afford this. The state of Colorado can't afford it. So what yep. we're gonna do is put you on house arrest. <laughs> and so you have to pay for your ankle bracelet. Yep. You have to pay for all the check in. And that just compounds you have to take everything care else. Of yourself. Then you yeah. Then you get taken to collections, and then you default on things, right? and, and, so that, and now you yeah. It makes you wonder why they're advocating online school. Just do an online school, and now yeah. you're at home. And now we can shut down these buildings. We can sell the property. We can build apartments. We can make. We can put a cool restaurant. Y'all, y'all can't apartment. see me, but I am not. In a school, vigorously, right? Because that's 
what these young people who are moving in are not having kids, what they want. So I've got a, I've got a hot take. Hot take. That aspect of the system is working exactly as it's designed, right? So what we have is these reformers, and I'm sorry, like, I would say hashtag no shade, yeah. but there's full shade it's intended. Full shade. If you identify with these reformers, I do not view you as a reformer. I view you as a profiteer. That's right. I, I view you as an opportunistic capitalist who wants to come in and make as much money as you can off of these systems. That's so right. I think about how this system feeds industrial capitalism, right? So what is, how do you, con how do you get people in a factory to keep on working and keep working hard? You convince them that they're not good enough. You convince them that they have to always be doing better. That's right. And you have to, and you convince them to compete with each other. Surplus right? value. So I think about exactly. So I think about like some of the coaching models, not in this building, because I feel like, and honestly, I'm not being sarcastic at all. I feel like in our building, the the members of our leadership team, particularly those of you who are coaching teachers in classrooms, are actually trying to deploy an asset based approach to coaching. You are looking at what's going right in a That's classroom, right. and you're building on that. That's common sense, right? Yeah. Like if if I got, I'm not gonna break. I can't break if, you down. If I have like a you're so doing the job. If I have a soccer player, work. like if I have a soccer player who can't dribble the ball, but they shoot really hard, I'm not gonna focus. 100% on, well, you'd be a better player if you could dribble. I'll say, you know what? We got a game tomorrow. You're not going to learn to dribble by tomorrow. You have a wicked shot. Let's put you in a position to score, and then let's work a little bit on the dribbling because it's going to make you a better player. Because we know it's something that you could get exactly. in an area of growth. And so like, I think of these checklist coaches that walk into these classrooms, and they can check off a 1,000 things that they see wrong in yep. the classroom. You know what? You have no skill if that is what you are doing. That's right. Anyone can do deficit like mindset. That's right. Anyone can do that. It's easy to pick out. And you know what? Wrong. You can pick out five things wrong with my classroom. I will tell you 15 <laughs> yeah, more. I will tell all right. You. Like, it doesn't take any level on. of intelligence or insight to be able to do that. And so what I think is that there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of pointing out what is wrong. Uh, a lot of people making money off of checklists. That's right. So the the thing that I the thing that this kind of brought me to. So when you shared this article uh -huh. with me, the thing that I kind of and, and I've been on this a little bit, just sort of thinking about how do you foster true growth mindset? Mm -hmm. Real, you can't have growth mindset and like color designations for how good your school is. Yes, you can't have those things. No, um, and you can't put a time limit on growth mindset. And I know that's ugly and messy and doesn't work well for policy or re-election campaigns. That's right. But that is the reality. So, Tim Har are you familiar with Tim Harford? Uh, just a little bit of what you bit. told me about. So, Tim Harford um, used to write this um, this column, which is called uh, Ask an Economist, I think is what it's called. It used to be... Um, it, it used to be on, it, it was the undercover economist. Yeah. And he wrote a book called Confessions of an Undercover Economist. So I've been reading his kind of stuff. And he, he so he comes from an economics background, yep. which is essentially the study of how we measure, qualify, quantify human behavior. Yes. And so he gave a TED Talk that I highly recommend. And I think maybe we can link it um, to the website and and, uh, and through social media, where he talks about the God complex and how, how that what we need to do as a human race is abandon the God complex. And to sort of embrace the notion that whatever positive progress we've ever made has been made through a process of trial and error. And if we try to eradicate mistakes and eradicate problems, yep. we'll just be chasing our tail the entire time. Do you have a dog? Yes. Does your Franz. dog chase its tail? Franz does, does Franz chase its tail? No. Franz no? does not. Did Franz ever chase his tail? I no. feel like I've ever seen So it sounds like Franz understands the futility in chasing one's tail. My dog, Kiko, his real yes. name is Francisco Javier, yes. um, he used to chase his tail. <laughs> and one thing I noticed about him 
is that the more he chased his tail, the harder he chased, (laughs) the less likely he was to catch said tail. Dog, we are chasing our tail. We are. farmers, stop chasing your dang tail. Consistently. Because you're never going to catch it. The harder you run after it, the harder that tail is going to move. You know why? Because it is stuck to your own behind. That's right. Right? That's right. So you have a choice. You can either amputate your tail, which I don't recommend. Yeah, let's not do that. Or you can acknowledge that, you know what? I got a tail. I got a tail. And the tail is always going to be there. And so what I need to do is embrace the presence of the tail and try to do my best, like, understanding that I have a tail. Right? (laughs) I feel like this analogy. I love that analogy. Is really weird. Stop chasing your tail. So Tim Harford in his TED Talk says, and it was during an election year. I want to say it was in the 08 election, right? Uh He says, and he's an Englishman. And so he says, what I want to see is I want to see a political candidate get in front of me and say, hey, everybody, I'm running for this office. We have some problems in our society. I don't know how we're going to solve them. I'm not sure how we're going to do. I have some ideas, but honestly, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to do about these. But here's a promise I'm going to make to you on the campaign trail. We're going to try some stuff <laughs> and try to try to try to eliminate those problems. So some problems can be eliminated, yeah, right? Yeah. Like tra- like trash all over the streets that can be eliminated you can increase trash collection you can talk to the community hey why is it that your streets look like this and you can put more waste bins out there and they'll be like we don't have trash cans you're like you know what we can fix that we're gonna bring some trash cans in the next week like the people who have a bus stop in front of their house yeah always will put them in the trash can yeah yeah Yeah, exactly throw your trash trash right there right there so some problems have a solution some don't Mm -hmm. right and some you just have to kind of work through and so he says that like and then what we're going to do is we're going to try a bunch of things and then the things that work we're going to keep those things the things that don't work maybe we won't keep those things and we're just going to engage in a process of trial and error during my term and see if we can't get a little bit farther with helping people right i can love that idea a little bit further down the road yeah we start to look at the world that way and i think this is how we look at a lot of things so like when i when i saw this like i said um I, my lesson, uh, my first unit that I ever planned was around the prison industrial complex. So I did a lot of studying about that prison industrial complex and this idea that, um, you know, crime rates have dropped. Crime yeah. is at its yeah. lowest it really is. in U.S. It really history. Is. Nobody can tell you why. All the theorists, they have ideas, but nobody can nail it down as to what caused crime to drop so drastically yeah. over the last 30 years. But yet we've increased the amount of people who we've imprisoned. Right? You, know, you know the Freakonomics answer to that, right? You, what did they say? I, I they know, they said say, that the legalization of abortion that's right, caused that's a drop right, in that's crime. Right. They say the legalization I read that article. It's hella problematic. It is. So I'm yeah, not going right, to dig into that. I, but that kind of points to the notion that sometimes the things that account for sudden changes, either for the better or for the worse, are not what we might think that they are. Not oh, totally unrelated. But I think the bigger thing is that Things are make are improving. It, like yeah. we we have a society where we're like, it never improves. Well, and, and it's yeah. getting worse, right? Yeah. And I think you know it's easy to kind of buy into that mm-hmm. into this idea that it's getting worse and that there's everything is a threat to us yeah. and that we've got to secure ourselves. I think about like what's going on on our southern oh, my border gosh. I was right just, now. I was just gonna say that because like we have we have people shooting tear gas into Mexico. Even though immigration, un, like quote unquote illegal immigration, is at, is its, at its lowest, lowest point. point 
in history. history of the United States. And somehow there's still this threat, this this hyperbolic threat that is somehow coming for us, right? So, so yeah, go ahead. It, 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 just, it just makes me think, you know, in all of these <laughs> situations that we, we, we really are kind of using fear as this tactic to push people into shutting down their schools. Yeah. Into... Well, good news isn't good press. Attacking immigrants. Yeah. Into... Arresting more people. Our hair is on fire. We like everything's a crisis. Everything's an emergency, and we have to manufacture these crises in order to a engage a public that is so enamored of like reality TV and social media and that kind of thing. But b make a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to follow the money, like in terms of like how much are we spending. Um, to bring in third parties on reform efforts and all this other kind of stuff, and consultants, I mean, the, advisors, and there, watchdogs, yeah, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it's them, crazy. Who's coming in, you know, and again, keep your we, eyes out for two dope consulting, also weakening <laughs> the public school budget, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it, it has a cost. Um, Greg Jobin leads the the author of the book along with the Agitart, um, Agitarte. I never know how to say that collective. Um, <laughs> yeah. That book we got when we went to Chicago. Yes. Um, yes. The uh, When We Fight We Win. Yep. It's very true yep. because the thing is that if we engage in a struggle to improve education and improve um, the experiences that our kids have in schools, yep. then even if we're not always successful, even if we're trying that. We're succeeding on some level because we're learning. We're building on the previous learning. We're building on the previous lessons learned. Um, when we fight, we win. And I think it goes back to this point is that like we, we talk about schools. We've been talking a lot about the SAT and PSAT in our school. Yes, we have. Are. And we, the one thing that we, we totally do not acknowledge is that the taste test is those tests are racially biased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are culturally and racially right. biased, and we're trying to to say what can we do to make sure our kids can get there and achieve on this test. And we're not saying, yeah, maybe this test, maybe we shouldn't be using it anymore to really evaluate our kids. Yeah, right. But again, there's a lot of money wrapped up in that a test. A lot of money. A lot of money. In this. A, lot, yep. a lot of wealthy people. That's absolutely right. So we um we would love to hear your comments on this um this idea that the education system is not as broken as we say it is and we would love for you to tweet at us on this yeah. uh you want to move on to your complaint or do we want to talk about books um so oh, i don't know my complaint could go forever so all right. uh, let's just start let's go with my rant all, all right. right all so, right you got a rant rant I'm time man rant time yes and recently this is factually correct i can verify of, i can say probably one of the most one of the most impactful artists of let's call it the last 15 years. This man came on the scene, produced amazing tracks. Okay. The Blueprint. Okay. The Blueprint yes. people. Okay, yeah, y'all got to know. The Blueprint. Oh. Jay-Z, one of Jay-Z's greatest records. Yeah. He produced this record. Yeah. Came across. This man I discovered, it was. I came back, I'd been traveling someplace, <laughs> and all of a sudden I turned on the TV, turned to MTV, because I, I love to abuse myself. <laughs> and they were actually playing a video. Yes. And it was the coolest video I ever saw. Okay. It was the dopest track I ever heard. Okay. It was a sped up Shaka Khan beat. Oh. Sped up oh. Shaka Khan beat. Man. Through the fire. Okay. One of my favorite songs. All I right. love it. If you ever Shaka Khan, Through we the love fire. you. Yep. Through the fire. But this song was called Through the Wire. And it was written by a man who had been in a car accident. Okay. He had had his jaw wired shut. Couldn't talk. 
but he spit his rap through the wire. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy is talking about some whole different other stuff. Yeah. So I had to, as soon as I found out his record was called College Dropout, I had yeah. to go check it out. Yeah. And I got on that record, and as soon as I turned it on, it had Bernie Mac on it. Yeah. Talk about, yeah. talk about, now Kanye, you can't do this. Now, wait a minute. He says, he, he uses some language. If I've heard the record. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. He I code switch, code switch. Okay. From beginning to end, one of the most powerful pieces of music I've ever heard. Yep, yep. This dude went on to make great stuff. Y'all don't know right now. I'm talking about Kanye West. Yeah. Black genius. Yeah. Black musical genius. Really thoughtful as how he put together his music. Yep. Loved him yep. so much. Yep. Until recently. Uh-oh. And it created a lot of cognitive dissonance for me. And I went through... <laughs> he calls it cognitive dissonance. I went through several... I went through rage, right? Yep, I had yep, to work yep. through it. I was working through those steps. Yep, yep. I, I was outraged. The, the different... Right? Uh, you were grieving. I was seeking to understand. Seeking what to happened? Understand. What? How did this happen? Yeah. You know, listen to all this stuff. And if y'all don't know, if you haven't heard, Kanye came and went to the White House... Kanye started saying stuff about slavery. Yep. Kanye started hollering about how, you know, he's willing to work with Trump. Now, yep. this being said, I told you this rant is, a, I, I've been holding back. <laughs> Kanye you, has since pulled back and got out of flow. politics. Let it flow. <laughs> but just as a black man, I, I just have to let this out. Because uh -oh. it's so contradictory. Take and, cover, y'all. And, and we, I don't know, I've, I've gone back and forth about this. Yeah. From hating Kanye to being like, I can't listen to any more of his music to being like, wait a minute. Why am I on this brother? Because he said something I didn't agree with. Yeah. Right? And what gives yeah. him the right? Like, all brothers deserve to be able to choose their own path and express themselves the way they want. I mean, that's that's, might, that's liberation, right? Liberation is, as a community, having the freedom to be what we want, do what we want, right. what, say what we want, right. ally ourselves with who we and, want. And I don't have to fit in with... with um, the monolithic uh, view of my culture, my right, race, right. of all of this stuff. And it it's just really been, it was hard for me to work through. Like I yeah. started to realize, I'm like, why do I get so worked up when I hear about Kanye? And I started to realize it's it's that I have this relationship, is that I really care about the brother. And I, I really love his, love his music. It yeah. still means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, we played at our wedding party. Played, <laughs> You yeah. put on a Kanye track, right? We now, played Lauren Hill at my wedding party. And I will lose it, right? Yeah. Um, but it also has to how do I kind of resolve that contradiction with kind of what he said politically? Yeah. And what he has done and and kind of that overall impact on our community and in terms of excusing some of the the atrocities that Donald Trump going right. back to when he's like in New York. Talking about when you put them in the car, why are you trying to put, bow their heads down? Put them. In, he's talking about yeah. abuse yeah. of us. Well, yeah. When he's talking about good people stop, on stop both and search. sides. Yeah, stop and frisk. Stop you know? and frisk. Yeah. All of these policies that he supported, and it just it it just makes me really wonder. You yeah. know, and, and and it also helped me really say there's a value in teaching everybody to be critical thinkers. Sure. Now I said that boy wrote his first record was called College Dropout. <laughs> a lot of my critical thinking skills, I mean, brother, came from college. Hey, I have another hot take, by the way. Like you say that, like not you, but y'all yeah. out there yeah. criticizing public schools, saying that 
like school doesn't work for everybody and we're not making everybody college ready, colleges don't work for everybody. That's right. So y'all got to get your house in order before you come and talk about my underfunded house. Right. And a college had Kanye. My house is like Section 8 compared to what you got. Kanye and y'all clearly didn't leverage the exactly. greatness that you had exactly. to get out of now, it. So, so I'm less... I ain't even mad. You know, like, I ain't even mad. You know why I ain't even mad? Here's the thing, is I think the biggest problem we have in our society is that people aren't honest about what they value and what they believe in, right? So, like, it, it's it, the problem arises for me when there is a blatant hypocrisy between the things that people claim to be and the things that they actually mm -hmm. are. So if you, like, and I remember at some point, uh, a couple years ago, whenever I may have even been on the campaign trail, you know, where Donald Trump talked about how he was all about human rights and he yep. believed in human rights yep. and nobody cares more about human rights That's than I do. <laughs> you know, like, so when he says that, I'm like, that is patently not true. <laughs> human rights is not a, is not a priority for you. So, so like for me, when you show me like what it is that you are and you're honest about it, like, like I believe that our purpose in classrooms is to actively and consistently disrupt white supremacist, heteronormative, capitalist patriarchy. Mm -hmm. That is our job in schools. Now, I might talk to one of our colleagues, and one of my colleagues might say, you know, that's not really my job. I don't really believe that that's why I'm teaching, and so I'm not going to teach that way. And I got to give, I, I, not maybe not respect, but I got to accept you, that. You, like, I'm going to accept that. You, you know what? This this individual told me who they are mm -hmm. and told me how it influences their behavior yep. in the classroom. But don't give me the, I'm not a racist, and as you deploy racist and uh, racially charged like uh, strategies in your classroom, right? So I look at Kanye the same way, right? Yeah. I'm like, you're showing me who you are right now. Like, it is clear to me that the legacies of slavery and the legacies of white supremacy and racial oppression actually aren't that important to you. Which is like, and I think that's part of what, like... Don't tell me that it's important hurt. to you. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah. You know, it, it hurt. It's like... Wait, I thought you were with us. Yeah, like it, it just. To, to I not, to always not, wondered to not have that that. You know what? It's it's because Common made him feel dumb, and that's probably well, why. Well, you know, like there's certain people that he don't mess with. No more. <laughs> right. There's certain people that he do not. Yeah. Mess with. I anymore. mean, yeah, and so like I look at I look at that kind of thing, and I I really like I don't think we're gonna reach a moment where you and I are gonna record the podcast and say. Yo, we don't have anything to talk about. All this is solved. <laughs> we fixed it. We won't we won't ever have that time. And so like I think that what it's about is engaging in the struggle, recognizing that there are people that I can ride with and there are people who I'm just going to leave at the bus stop, right? Right. Because they're not getting on they're not riding the same train I am yeah, or they're riding they a train, train going the opposite, opposite direction. direction. Maybe they don't even they don't even know where the station is yet, right? Now if they ask me, I'll tell them where the station yeah. is. I'll tell them which train to get on. But you know, I think it's one of those things that either you are actively disrupting um, systems of domination or you're not. And if you're not disrupting those systems, I'm not going to get mad at you unless you say you are. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's, are you faking the funk? Yeah. You know, if you're it, faking the funk, yo, find other, back, you know, that, it, like back to the article and then all of this work, like you said, is that we will never run out of stuff. This is a prolonged struggle. It really is. This is not instantaneous. It's not. And, and the work that we are engaged in was started 400 years ago by the yeah. first slave who was like, yo, I'm out. 
Yeah, can't the first do. enslaved person. But first, it's thank you, thank that, you. I'm, try, I'm trying to change that up, like who, in how I talk. Who said? Yep. Who said? I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah. Like we have to. We have to. Resist. Or the person who just said no. Yeah. What, what, like what, I'm scared doing? of you. You have a whip. You have a gun. The, you have the one. The one homie in Egypt who raised his hand is like, "Why are we building these pyramids?" <laughs> right. I have a solid question. I really don't want to do this. And you know, and like. As long as people have not wanted to be enslaved, there has been an abolition movement. Get it right, you know? Ooh, I said get it right. Get it right. Ooh, I feel But tough. I mean, I, I, I don't feel know. Tough. I had to talk about Kanye. I, yeah. It's something I wanted to bring up a while ago, and it's died down a lot, and Kanye fell back, and, uh, you know, and I do wonder how much of it has to do with Obama Yeah. saying that Jay-Z was the greatest rapper. And then he called Kanye. Hey, I got kind of mad about that, too. Real talk. I got kind of mad. Yeah. And so I think that combination of those two things pushed him away. And he said, look, I'm Chicago. Well, Daddy Yankee, Daddy Yankee was trying to roll with, like, with with John John McCain, who I don't mind, (laughs) like, who I didn't mind as much. But, like, Daddy Yankee, like, this is just, like, a person of color who felt spited by, like, another person of color. And so, well, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to hop but my hood. A, you know, <laughs> whatever. I ain't mad at, at, at Obama for saying Jay-Z is the best rapper of all time. I mean. Or, or for calling out, like, you know, deadbeat dads, which is not nearly the epidemic that people have said. Like, all that kind of stuff. Well, but, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's there's all of that stuff. But, but I just... You know, I just I had to I had to put that <laughs> he had to get out that, there. He had to I get had to that off that, his chest. I mean, that's what I've been living with. It's yeah, like, I go home. I mean, here, here's what we do. Like in spiritual communities, we we offer prayer uh, for those lost individuals. Um, I believe there's a certain scripture about the prodigal son. Yes. and we do hope that the prodigal son will return. Turns. And when the prodigal son returns, we accept that son and we love that individual and we welcome them. That's right. And we nurture them that's and right. make sure that they don't go astray again. That's right. right. That's um, right. But yeah, so all we need is love, right? That's it. Even for Kanye. That, that's a struggle for me. That's a struggle. Because I was never that much into him anyway. Oh, man. I could feel me Dog, his, his delivery. His delivery. I, it wasn't about his... I'm so aesthetic about raps, this kind of his stuff. His raps are dumb. His raps are his real raps dumb. Are dumb. They're real dumb. But his beats, the production value... I was oh, just, man. Like, I, man, people talking about production value. Oh man. You God. know that there's no like human element in that anymore. Yes, there right? is. No, no there isn't. Man, you got go on. Uh, he's look, not programming hey, at all. I'm gonna find a YouTube video of beats that are. We're not gonna make you sick of this. Yo, yo, but they he his beats weren't like that. I'm just old school, man. I'm I'm down with the last poets. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last great rapper. They were they were a little bit problematic too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yo, so uh, the old the further <laughs> you go back in rap music. So here's the thing. It's the Migos no, that's true. are less that's problematic true. Man, that's than true. some groups in the eight so than Gangstar. No, post yeah. up to get beat down. I was well, so like, and when, when you look at like, I was even playing Christmas in the Hollis, right, yeah, for my yeah, hip hop class, like, and I'm like, oh, I forgot oh, about oh. that. I did not realize that was problematic back in the day. Um, <laughs> did you feel good? Yeah. You feel better? You got that off your chest? I, I do. I do. I had to. Kanye, come on the show. We love. We. we I'm the greatest thinker. <laughs> I'm the greatest ideas to revolutionize Yo, but the school. <laughs> My ideas. Everybody can be a reformer. Everybody can be a well, reformer. My favorite thing, my favorite thing so Trevor Noah uh, oh, said, uh, after Kanye went to that meeting at the White House, he was like, now Trump finally knows how the rest of us feel when we listen to him talk. <laughs> oh, man. That is amazing. That is that is. Trevor Noah, shout out. 
So I think we're gonna need to wrap up. I think uh, we got places to be. Yes, I think it's, I, it's your your home child home. is like done. I think she did all of her homework. She's ready to go really? home. That's good. Did you do all your homework? No. You didn't do all your homework? Man. We can't no, even keep our own house together. She needs her computer, oh, okay. so we'll give her. My that. child has not done her like end of season soccer valuation, like which was due a month ago. <laughs> I'm calling you out, T. Oh, do oh. your eval. Do it. Coach will be mad. Just do it. Just you can do play Charlotte. The greatest motivational thinker. I can tell we're running to the end of this <laughs> show. That's what I told the kids. I'm, like, I'm going to play a speech by a really... Wait, we already know, talked about this. You know who they thought it was? They were like, it's by Kanye. Oh and I was God. like, no. Oh my it's God. somebody who was Kanye before Kanye. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf, the old Kanye. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't even know. Hey, so we got a couple of shout-outs that we want to uh, put out there for yes. you. A uh, shout-out to um, to Haley. Uh, I'm not going to put your uh, full name on here yes. and stuff, um, but you are helping the Two Dope Teachers create our first Two Dope Lit Sesh. And what do we – no. What, what are we, we calling call it? it? What, did, what did Julie call it? What she called it. It's Project Lit. So we are, doing, we are going to borrow – we're going to do our own – Project Lit. <laughs> you're just taking the whole copyright <laughs> to Julia. DCIS, yeah, all, all the money, the all the royalties we get from we, this, we, we'll share we, with you. We, we share it for y'all. We take it. Y'all got good ideas, so we take it. We know in the community that's what we share. So Kevin doesn't. One good idea. Kevin doesn't speak for both of us. We pass we're, it around. <laughs> we pass it around. I feel like we got to talk about. It. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something. Anyway, we're, we're gonna have a lit book study. Um, and the book we are going to read is The Color of Law. Yeah. So find us on. Instagram. Our handle is at Two Dope Teachers. Look at that. Look at that. No, just at Two Dope Teachers. Oh, it has not been that long. At Two Dope Teachers. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter. At Two Dope Teachers. Facebook. At Two Dope Teachers. Are you detecting a trend? You can also email us at Two Dope Teachers. At oh, Two Dope Teachers. <laughs> Sorry, pause. No, at Two Dope no, Teachers. Too many at gmail.com. Told you not to at me. That's right. And uh, we will provide. Um, th- we will provide kind of the, the reading document and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to be reading The Color of Law, which kind of plays into the same idea of a not-as-broken education system as we look. It actually deals with redlining oh, and how huh. that kind of dictated um, the why fate some of communities and education. Absolutely, and why there's poverty and, and why there's struggle. And what resources schools got. It's kind of amazing, Why there's a it? lack of Yo, I'm, I'm starting to detect – I'm starting to think – that maybe struggles in schools aren't just about the schools. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. I, is that a hot take? I, I could have the greatest lesson in the world. That's a hot take. And it still might not get my kids where it might, they yo, want them to be. My lesson on um, on the factory system may not lift children out of poverty. Somebody, it's funny. I do, I, do that. The global I, do, I do this assembly line thing, and there's always that weird kid that was like, that was amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're not getting the right thing no, out of it. No. Hey, it's good like, to be I'm back, like, y'all. It's good to be back, Two Dope Nation. Uh, yeah, it, it's, so it's been too long. It's yeah, been too it long. A, almost a month. Hit us up. Hit us up. Oh, I got to give a shout-out to uh, Wajma from uh, one of the co-conspirators yes. in the Teachers of Color conference. Uh, she posted a, a picture of her wearing the Rosa Parks Nah t-shirt yeah. uh, that she discovered shout on the Two Dope Podcast. So shout out for representing. Brent, I was watching something on the news and Wajma was on it. She's dope. I saw, She's I dope. Was like, I was like, Wajma. And I was like, oh. No, nah, man. They're, the they're like, yeah, the, the homies up there, Krishna, Wajma. Uh, Krishna's got the best like Instagram handle. Uh, 
yeah like the hindu god it's amazing uh but but check us all out uh we're gonna be we're continuing our justice monday campaigns yes we will be picking up uh new dope teachers we have a new teacher to to introduce to the conversation um and we're just out here we're out here finish your semester strong y'all but we plan to be back sooner rather than later our next episode is going to be decolonize your ap class uh we had to postpone it because i had the plague and uh now i don't have the plague and we're good um mostly and i just want to say teachers remember y'all are doing good work you really are believe in yourself when they get down on you know that you're doing good work. that's right that's right this job is not easy that's right but don't be don't beat yourself up for that, the work that you do. A hundred percent. Because if your heart is in the right place and you're really trying to be attentive to the needs of your students and the concerns of your students and the concerns of your community, you are succeeding. That's it. You That's are succeeding. It. Don't let them tell you that we're broken beyond repair because right. we are not. We are stronger than that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, for Kevin Adams, I am Gerardo Munoz, and we're telling you today for the rest of the week, all the way to winter break, to stay, stay dope. dope.